0: Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Now that was, as if you needed telling, that was the Monkees with I'm a Believer. That is from the soundtrack to Shampoo, which is one of my TV movie picks of the week. Welcome to another Movie Mashup on GFM 107.1. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about A Quiet Place. They're all DVDs and Blu-rays this week. Uh, a Quiet Place, which came out early this year. Uh, a movie called Unsane, with Claire Foy, directed by Steven Soderbergh. And a movie called Blockers, with uh, John Cena. Leslie Mann. Uh, Ike Barinholtz. An actor that I've heard of, but never seen in a movie until now. I, I have seen him, but he's very funny. Um, also be looking at um, movies that are on TV this week. This weekend, what's on at local venues? Some DVD picks. There's no new Good Robot Annie's podcast, although you probably know that anyway if you're a subscriber. But we are due to record one next week. That'll be the next three movies in the top 30 movies of the 20th century. Um, Any other stuff and nonsense that I think of? Here's an interesting one. Um, uh, One of my TV movie picks of the week is a film called Night of the Demon, which is a classic old British horror movie Um, and although there are no actual soundtrack items from that film uh, this next track that I'm going to play features a sample from it at the very beginning of the song and this is a song you probably know quite well it's Kate Bush it's the Hounds of Love and that little sample at the beginning is from Night of the Demon here you go the trees it's coming ah, that was blue oyster cult with don't fear the reaper that's from the soundtrack to gone girl before that we had kate bush with the hounds of love which is not from a soundtrack but it does feature the sample from a movie called night of the demon at the very beginning so that's why i played it you're welcome okay so next up is our first movie a movie called a quiet place this came out earlier this year to great critical acclaim and box office success. It's a 2018 American science fiction horror film directed by John Krasinski, who stars with Emily Blunt, his real-life wife. The film was produced by Michael Bay's company Platinum Dunes, which is also run by Andrew Form and Bradley Fuller. Scott Beck and Brian Woods began working on the story in 2014, and Paramount Pictures brought their spec script in 2017. Krasinski then joined as director and wrote a new draft of the script. So principal photography took place later in the year in upstate New York. And the synopsis is that a family must live life in silence while hiding from extraterrestrial creatures that hunt by sound. So you've probably heard about this. It did very well at the box office. You may indeed have seen it. Um, uh, Of of note, uh, cinematography by Charlotte Bruce Christensen, who is a long-time collaborator with Thomas Vinterberg, who made *Far from the Madden Crowd*, and other movies. Ninety minutes long, had a budget of seventeen to twenty-one million, and, and has taken so far three hundred thirty-two point six million, which is a very good number. And there is a sequel in the works, apparently. So, uh, yes, we are thrust into this story. Um, a a title card appears on the screen saying day something and then a number. I'm going to tell you what that number is because it's a bit of a giveaway about how far they are into it. We, we see a family who are on the move. They are in a supermarket gathering supplies. What's unusual about this family is, is that they're not talking to each other. They are communicating using uh, sign language, specifically American sign language. Uh, and they appear to be on edge about something. <clears throat> that something is revealed very soon after that introduction. I won't say what it is. Well, we obviously know the extraterrestrial creatures. Uh, these creatures hunt by sound, so they appear to be blind. Uh, they have acute hearing, and they're incredibly aggressive. Think like um, aliens from Alien, only possibly more aggressive than that. And you're in the right kind of ballpark. Um... So the movie then moves forward in time. I'm not going to tell you how uh, how many days it moves forward in time. We see this family settled in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And um, then stuff starts to happen to them. And um, can I talk about the big spoiler? I'm not going to talk about the big spoiler. So there's a big old plot McGuffin at the centre of the film that drives, the. I would say, the second and third acts of this film that is absolutely, well, had, had me on the edge of my seat, I think, for possibly the entire running time of this film. I really, really enjoyed it. So, I'm not going to tell you what the Plot McGuffin is, we'll talk about the look and feel of it. So there isn't a great deal of dialogue. Uh, most of it is in sign language or in gesture and, you know, looks and things like that. Uh, the action is, I would say there isn't a massive amount of action in this film, but it is incredibly tense. As tense as you would expect it to be, you know, uh, evading creatures you hunt solely by sound. Um, it's amazing. I was absolutely blown away by this. I mean, I, I heard about all of the um, the fantastic reviews and the, you know, people coming on to the to film shows and stuff like that to promote it and that kind of thing. I thought, you know, it, can it actually be that good? It's produced by Platinum Dune, Dunes, who don't have a great record of... You know, they make mainly... <clears throat> not not entirely, but mainly remakes of classic horror movies. So they remade things like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. and they But they didn't do a very good job of them. You know, these are not films that have stuck around. Um, but happy to say that uh, this is a fantastic movie. It's very, very impressive. I think that John Krasinski, who is not a genre movie fan. He's not a horror movie fan. He seems to understand the genre, regardless of not being a a fan. He seems to understand it a lot better than people who maybe um, are fans of the horror movie genre. So, uh, yes, it's very, very good. If you didn't see this at the cinema, um, I was a little bit concerned about watching this at home because I think that a lot of the... The enjoyment from this comes from being very quiet in a cinema, but of course, how often is it that you go to the cinema and it is very quiet? You've got people eating popcorn or talking or rustling bags or on their smartphones. So actually, maybe the experience at home is better than it is at the cinema for me, uh, because at least it's a controlled environment and um, it's going to be quiet. Um yeah, maybe jump out of my seat quite a few times. And it, this isn't a jump scare film. That's important to say that it's not a uh, uh, an insidious or a or a param- paranormal activity. You know, as much as I enjoy those films, those films are basically based on jump scares. Um, this film has a very strong narrative and an internal logic that works extremely well. So if you didn't see it, I'm recommending it, that you should watch it. And I, I would recommend this to, to people who even don't really like horror movies very much. I think that you would still get something out of this as a as a suspenseful film that will keep you on the edge of your seat. On Rotten Tomatoes has a rating of 95% and it says it artfully plays on elemental fears with a ruthlessly intelligent creature feature. That's as original as it is scary, and establishes director John Krasinski as a rising talent. If you don't know who he is, he was in the American version of The Office, um, and he played the, the, the version of the Martin Freeman character from the British version of The Office, but I can't actually remember. Oh, Jim. Jim from The Office, that's it. Uh, and he plays that very well. But he's very good here, and he directs it. <clears throat> directs the hell out of this film, I'd say. And it's rated 15 May well be film of the week, who knows? So, uh, from composer Marco Beltrami, who composed the music for A Quiet Place. <clears throat> that track is called A Quiet Life. And before that was Neil Young with a track called Harvest Moon, also from A Quiet Place. Okay, next movie this week is a movie called Unsane. It's a 2018 American psychological horror film directed by Steven Soderbergh, written by Jonathan Bernstein and James Greer. The film stars Claire Foy, Joshua Leonard, Jay Farrow, Juno Temple, Amy Mullins and Amy Irving and follows a woman confined to a mental institution after she is pursued by a stalker. So this came out earlier this year. Um, uh, stars Claire Foy, who is plays um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II in the Netflix uh, series The Crown. But he, <clears throat> here she is... Uh, Very different indeed. Uh, Certainly different to anything I've ever seen her in. She plays a character called Sawyer Valentini. is a troubled woman who moves away from home to escape a stalker who is played by Joshua Leonard. Um, She finds she is incredibly uh, anxious in public. You know, she sees him everywhere, even though it may not be him. So she hears about this... This clinic called the Highland Creek Behavioural Centre... Uh, But at her appointment, she unknowingly signs a release, voluntarily committing herself to spend 24 hours there. She calls the police, but they can't do anything. And after physical altercations, she is kept there for seven more days. And while she's there, she meets up with her stalker. Um, It's that kind of movie, so it's a... um, This is, I suppose, has, has a dotted line towards stuff like one flew over the cuckoo's nest in terms of the fact that the more sane she appears, the more insane she appears to the people who are asking, the doctors who are asking her questions, um, who are all very reasonable, but don't want to let her go. Um, <clears throat> it appears that there's more than mixed the eye to this institution. Um, and the fact that her stalker is working there as well. Um, i rather enjoy this. I think that it's, I think that, you know, in in Burst canon, it is probably a mid-tier movie. Uh, it's very intense. I think Claire, Foy, Claire Foy's performance is amazing. You know, really, really good. Um, also, Juno Temple in a role that in which she is largely... I'd say I didn't really recognise her for quite a long time, but she's very, very good in this. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I think that it maybe suffers visually because... It was shot on iPhone 7 Plus in presumably a, um, a nod to some Apple technology there from Soderbergh. I mean, Soderbergh's always been, I think, working maybe not at the forefront of technology the way that David Fincher does, but always, you know, sort of interested in it. And certainly you notice the difference between the iPhone 7 Plus and a proper movie camera in that all of the shots are quite flat everything's in focus, it all looks like it's been shot on a smartphone. Um, I mean, the quality, the picture quality is good, it's just it all looks a bit flat. Uh, when when the shots are tight, then it doesn't really matter, but when the shots are not, then you need a bit of depth to it and you're not getting that. Um, I think that, yeah, it's okay. It, it um, has some interesting twisty-turny bits to it. The uh, performances are decent for the most part. I think Claire Foy is really good. Um, but uh, I was—I think when I was watching it, I was wishing that maybe it had been shot on a proper movie camera and that uh, I would enjoy it more that way. But anyway, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 79% and it says it unleashes Steven Soderbergh's inner B-movie maestro wading into timeless psychological thriller territory, giving it a high-tech filmmaking spin. Yeah, I suppose it is kind of a B movie. It's kind of schlocky material. Um, it's certainly quite hysterical in places. It is enjoyable. I just don't think it's a great Soderbergh movie. <clears throat> but your mileage may vary. Certainly worth a look. Shot for very little money though, one point five million. I wonder how they managed to pay everybody for that. Um, had a box office of fourteen point two. Um, and it's rated fifteen. And it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Cypress Hill, that's not from a movie soundtrack, but seems apt for the movie Unsane to play a song called Insane in the Brain. Um, Okay, final movie this week is a movie called Blockers. It's a 2018 American sex comedy film directed by Kay Cannon in her directorial debut, written by Brian Kehoe and Jim Kehoe, and the film stars Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz, and John Cena. As a trio of parents who try to stop their daughters, played by Catherine Newton, Geraldine Viswanthan and Gideon Adlon from losing their virginity on prom night. Film's title and posters are a reference to the act of can I say this on the radio? I don't think I can. And the rooster icon was removed for advertising on broadcast television and cable networks, the rejected, with only the blockers text being shown. You can always look that up on Wikipedia if you want to, because I'm not sure I can say it on the radio. Um so produced by Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, uh, etc. Um, came out earlier this year in April. Had a budget of twenty-one million, took ninety-three point seven, which isn't great. But happy to say that I, I think that this came out with people saying it was um, like a female-led version of uh, American Pie, which I think is long overdue. Is that when did that movie come out? Early two thousands, maybe late nineties. Um I'm happy to say I haven't seen any of those films, but I do know what they're about. So this has been a long time coming. And uh the characters um a Single Mother Lisa played by Leslie Mann um, uh Dad Mitchell uh played by John Cena and uh, Dad played by um Ike Baronholtz character called Hunter they become friends at elementary school when they're dropping their kids off and then they sort of stay friends right up until the end of high school, uh, where prom night, where their three daughters say they are going to try and lose their virginity. That is the plot. That is the plot. But how do they wring laughs out of that, you ask? Well, the answer is that when the parents find out about this, some of them are kind of... kind of cool about it. Um, You can guess that the person that isn't cool about that is John Cena, who's aggressively anti that happening. Ike Berendholt's character is kind of, uh, yeah, not really that bothered, but he becomes more bothered as the film goes on. And Leslie Mann is probably somewhere in the middle of the dose too in terms of how bothered she is about it. But they want to go and try and stop this from happening. And that turns into a farcical comedy um, that is... I'd say high on the um, the broadness and the and the coarseness of the comedy, uh, but very high on laughs as well. So I think it's quite difficult to balance a movie like this uh, because I think that sort of gross-out physical comedy, of which there is some in this film, is hard to judge and hard to deliver well. But actually, there are some very very funny scenes in this film, like laugh, you know, belly laugh, belly laugh, funny. I would say. Ike Barinholtz gets most of the, I'd say, gut laughing, you know, real, real funny lines in this film. He is a, a comedian by his trade. Uh, but the revelation here for me is John Cena, who I've seen in a couple of um, supporting roles in mainstream films and thought that he was pretty good. But here, he, um, you know, delivers some good lines. Uh, he seems to have a knack for physical comedy, which is cool. And um, it's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed this. I watched this with my wife and we laughed a great deal at this uh, and found it to be very, very entertaining. So if you didn't see this, it's called Blockers and um, it's worth a look. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 83% and it says it puts a gender-swapped spin on the teen sex comedy, one elevated by strong performances, a smartly funny script and a surprisingly enlightened perspective. That is a good point, actually. It... Even though, um, you know, I said that the, the comedy is broad and coarse and, you know, very funny, it doesn't lose sight of the fact that this is, this is a movie that has a serious premise, that, you know, people are wanting to go and lose their virginity on prom night. And that's a, big, that's a big deal. That's a big decision that people are taking. And it never loses sight of the fact that it is a big decision. Um, and it manages to juggle those two different ideas very well and keep them at the forefront of the film, despite the fact that it's having fun as well. And that's no mean feat, um, which is what, probably why I enjoyed it so much, because it, it so deftly keeps those ideas in the air all the time. And it's rated 15. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's rock. That was uh, that was sound, <coughs> sound garden when the track got out, and I quite enjoyed that, actually. The late Chris Cornell there on vocals and guitar. Um, okay, so very quickly... Some DVD picks, there is only one thing out this week that um, is of note to me, and um, I couldn't really find anything else of interest, and that is that Avengers Infinity War is out on DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, blah bloody, blah blah-de-blah-de-blah. Um, so if you didn't see that at the cinema, or if you want to catch it again, it's out to watch at home. So um, there we go, that's my one recommendation for DVDs. Go out and buy it if you want to. Um, so, uh, an update on the Good Robot Andes. Uh, we have done two podcasts so far about the greatest horror movies of... 30 greatest horror movies of the 20th century. And we're going to be recording one again next week. Uh, so far, we've done Gremlins, Near Dark, Altered States, Hellraiser, The Blair Witch Project, and Jacob's Ladder. The last podcast had a big thumbs up on Twitter. Will the next one have that? I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, I can tell you that one of the films in the list I have never seen. It is in there because it's incredibly influential, but I've never seen it, so I'm going to have to watch that specially to talk about um, it on next week's podcast, and may even talk about it on the show next week, if you're very lucky or unlucky. That's almost the show. What well, I've got like five seconds left. Go see some movies this weekend. If you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout, go and see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's time for Ian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.